<clears throat> All righty. Here we go. Make sure we're good everywhere. <clears throat> it looks like we are good everywhere. here <clears throat> uh, again full disclosure guys i'm running both so uh we had a couple of storms here so my internet has been weird ish the last couple of days so let me know if there's any issues um there's not really much i can do about it but <clears throat> i will do my best zeke shook he says hope you're doing well brother i appreciate that you too let's see here oh there we go that's fancy <clears> hmm, <throat> alright. <clears throat> looks like we're good. Looks like volume's good. Hopefully you guys can hear me through the old uh AirPods. Uh Matthew Dunton. Coming in with questions, going on, YouTube account, how's it going? <clears throat> I guess we'll roll into it. So um like I said, so Daniel is away. Um Best case scenario, maybe he's back next live, but I would probably uh, look for him to probably be back. Not the next one after this one, but the one following. <clears throat> so um, that's where we fell with that. Uh, Matthew Dutton says, I'm 16. Where should I start when it comes to fitness? Um, Matthew, so that's a good question. Realistically, just so you guys are aware, uh, anytime you guys are under 18, we just want to make sure that you guys are checking with um, your legal guardians and a, like a medical provider. And to make sure that you're, you know, not doing anything wrong or unhealthy like that. Uh, but barring that, um, it depends on on really where you're starting out, how active you are, how active you've been as a kid, if you do sports and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, feel free to to start moving on towards, you know, fitness and things like that. We do have a newcomer to athlete program, which I definitely recommend anybody who's not really, um, isn't really too into the fitness world and weightlifting and things like that just because it's everyone kind of has a different level that they start from and if you're 16 and starting from like a pretty you know from a base zero um, that would probably be the the program I would recommend that you get into uh, initially I wouldn't really too do much worry about at 16 depending on where you're at a lot of times um, because you're going to be growing so much nutrition isn't as much of like a factor as long as you're kind of eating you know not just eating garbage all the time um i don't don't usually recommend trying to do any kind of calorie counting things um at such a young age uh charles edwards says what's up jay any advice for push-ups during a pt test also any advice to increase reps uh what's going on charles good to see you um man i've been trying to say i'm less but i just keep doing it uh so <laughs> advice for push-ups during a pt test we have a really good video on uh that daniel did on the YouTube that he talks about kind of all the events of the PT test, but for pushups, my recommendation is cause it's actually something that I struggled with too. Uh, I'm like kind of longer and lanky and leaner. So pushups are a little bit more difficult for me. I would recommend you. So what I used to do is I would, I would find out where my failure is. So say my failure is, uh, you know, say it's 50 just to give an easy number, say it's 50. What I would do is I would do push-ups, my initial set of push-ups to 45, and then I would start breaking them down into sets of 5 or 10 into that range so that I wouldn't reach failure. I would find out when it was, and I would stop before it, and then I would do smaller sets, breaking it up with rest periods in between, and push my way up in sets of 5, and then once you figure out where you're at for failure for sets of 5, you break it down to even sets of 3 or 2 or even 1. So you want to make sure you avoid hitting failure for as long as absolutely possible. Because as soon as you hit failure, you're pretty much done. You might be able to get a couple weak ones out after that that they might not even count. But once you hit failure on the push-ups, that's it. So you need to make sure you identify where your failure is for the actual test. And make sure that you are doing everything in your power and resting and stopping and doing smaller sets to avoid hitting failure for as absolutely as long as possible. Um, advice to increase reps though for the push-ups honestly you're just going to want to do a lot more push-ups uh, obviously doing a fitness program where you're strengthening um, your you know pectorals and all of the supplementary muscles as well are going to help you in the long run but really the best way to do more push-ups 
on a PT test is to just do more push-ups. Uh, I know a lot of people, like I said, do grease in the groove. You're just doing so many push-ups all day. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways to do it, uh, but realistically, more push-ups and then also supplementing weightlifting in to increase those the strength of those muscles and the endurance of those muscles uh, is going to get you more push-ups in the long run but it's not a quick fix either so i know some people are like hey i've been doing this for three months i've only gone up a couple like it, it's a it's a rough it's gonna take a take a minute um it's it's not one of those quick fixes because you have to work on strength and endurance combined and it just it, it takes a little bit of time for you to really push those numbers up especially once you you have been pushing them up and you kind of hit a plateau it, it gets the you know the incremental increases after that are a little bit smaller um morgan brocious uh, says, do you think six months is enough to really prepare for rest? Well, ideally, we do have a TLR warrior program that is a six-month weightlifting program that is built to get you ready for rest. But it also depends on where you're at starting out right now. So six months could be enough for someone, and it could not be enough for someone else. So it really depends on where you're sitting right now. And that's going to determine really if, you, if six months is going to be enough. If you're really – you haven't done anything yet, six months may not be enough for you. But if you're you know, an uh, athletic person, did a lot of sports in high school, uh, are in pretty good shape already, then you could probably get yourself ready in six months without too much of an issue. It just really depends on where your starting point is. So if you're – and I, honestly, if you're doing the TLR Warrior program and you know, you're know you 18 years old and you do a six-month program before you leave, you're probably going to be in really, really good shape and you're probably going to be in better shape than a lot of other people that are doing that because like I said, me and Daniel said before, we did not prepare nearly enough um, and we had to work a lot harder because of it. So if you're putting in the work for, for, for a full six months and you're dedicating yourself to that, you definitely should be much more prepared for RASP uh, than a lot of other people. Because a lot of people, even if they do prepare, are probably not going to put in six months. Obviously, all you guys that are here, not you're not those people. But there are people that don't put in almost any time at all, and it makes life a lot harder. So if you're in pretty good shape and you're doing an actual program that's working you up towards that, six months should be enough time. Um, depending on, obviously, like I said, you're starting where you're at for running and things like that. Uh, Nick. <clears throat> Uh, Jay has replaced Dan as the most beautiful. That is all. I'm pretty sure I already replaced him by that, but it's fine. <clears throat> uh, Jonesy says, what would you recommend to learn land navigation and practice? So uh, I think the first thing actually Daniel's going to do getting back into it is he's going to um, uh, not we're not putting out anything quite yet. But what he's going to do is get some online learning content and uh, some uh books and everything kind of get everything compiled into one space for you guys to kind of look at some of the the fms and the tms and all that stuff and whatever information is online we are going to work to start building up our own land navigation um like education videos and things like that it's just the logistics of it we're working out right now and it's going to probably have to be a collaboration between both me and daniel so um land nav is tough and it's very hard to practice because it's really hard for you to just find a land nav course it's not something that is just out and about all the time so the best way to be honestly would just be to google like land navigation but it's it's just so hard to learn without getting your hands on it uh, i know it, we get the question a lot so we are working towards something but for now i would say google read as much as you can kind of get yourself at least familiarized with with some of the terminology uh, azimuths, you know, make sure it's not the first time you're seeing a protractor in basic training, uh, things like that. Just kind of getting yourself as um, familiar with just some of the basics as you can. It'll help you a lot when you're first learning because you're not going to be hearing these terms and this information for the first time. So it might help it kind of embed it into your brain a little bit better if you understand at least some of like, you know, what an azimuth is, uh, where you're going to move the protractor and how you're going to move it, uh, what the incremental numbers mean on the inside and what the numbers mean for mils and degrees on the outside. So the more basic knowledge you have going in, uh, the better you'll be uh, for learning that initially. But like I said, it's just tough because, you know, no one really has land nav courses that you can just go around and do. So 
it does make it difficult to practice actual like hands-on practice land nav. But I mean, if you have someone or if you talk to your recruiting station, I know sometimes recruiting stations do uh, training events and things like that. You may be able to get with someone or if you live in a more rural area, uh, you can have a buddy use a GPS device, put some uh, things out that you're supposed to find and work on it that way. But, you know, that's definitely above and beyond for sure. Uh, Charles Edwards says, should I alter my pushups if I want to attend RAS, which is chest hitting the floor? Yeah, ideally. So Charles, for the pushup, all that needs to happen is essentially you need to make like a perpendicular with your arm. Like you're, you need to go below and break the plane. So if you can do that without your chest hitting the floor, you don't actually have to have your chest hit the floor. Although it's a lot harder for them to say those ones don't count if you hit your chest off the floor because you've obviously gone low enough. But I did see a lot of people when we were going through, they would do the tricep push-ups and they wouldn't, they would be going down low enough, but they wouldn't be going back up high enough. So form is really, really is going to be really important at RASP, at Ranger School, in regiment. So yes, absolutely focus on your form, but that doesn't always necessarily mean your chest needs to be hitting the floor. It just needs to mean you have to be hitting all of the steps of the push-ups, which means you need to go down all the way, up all the way. So you need to be locking out, you need to be breaking the plane. So Make sure that your form is good. It doesn't necessarily mean that your chest is going to hit the floor, although it is a little bit of a safety measure for you guys. If you hit your chest to the floor, you definitely know you're going low enough. And as long as you're focusing on the lockout at the top, uh, that'll age you in the long run. <clears throat> oh, man, it's going too fast. All right. Uh, YouTube account says, how often are strikers used in regiment? Um, it really depends. It depends on what's needed for the mission sets and things like that. Uh, they're not not used. Um, I've been in strikers uh, numerous times. Not my ideal way to travel when I'm going to do stuff, but they are used fairly often. Um, but it just depends. I mean, some people use them in some uh, bats, some things. It depends. It all just really depends. But they are used. They are the. They're used fairly often. Uh, Nick, do you recommend doing sprints or a long run? Nick, for the sprints versus the long run, we kind of recommend doing both. So sprints are going to help you with your endurance. Or, Sorry. Sprints are going to help you with your speed. Long runs are going to help you with your endurance. And really, you kind of need both of them, especially for that two-mile, five-mile range that you're going to be doing for RASP and Regiment. I definitely recommend doing both and mixing them up. A lot of times you'll see like long distance runners, people that run marathons, like they're not fast. Like if they had to do a sprint against someone, like they're not that quick. Um, and then you'll see sprinters who can't run a mile, but they're very fast. So you really, and that two to five mile range, which is where you're going to be doing a lot of your running and your tests are going to be two miles and five miles. You're going to need to be combining both of those skills together. So you definitely need to be doing sprints, interval training, things like that, and long runs. Now, I'm not saying you need to go out and run, you know, 26 miles or anything like that, but you definitely need to be doing some longer runs. YouTube account says, Jay, what's the second best artillery MOS? Hmm, second best artillery MOS. Um, well, I'll answer in terms of uh, what I think would be the most fun. So I think that a... 13 Bravo would be fun. Although, eh, yeah, I think 13 Bravo would be the, the second most fun. So, yeah, 13 Bravo, which is the cannon crew member. Eh, radar, yeah, yeah, 13 Bravo, cannon crew member. Radar is pretty cool, too. Um, the Delta guys are pretty, that's a little bit more, like, math-based and stuff like that. So, 13 Bravo. Um, oh, Nick, message retracted. <clears throat> uh, Matthew Dunton says, what MOS comes to mind for someone like me? I will list below. Okay, Let's hold on. All right, so before that, Jonesy says, where would you recommend mileage per week should be running and rucking right before shipping out? Sorry. So we are on record, and we have been on record a bunch of times. We don't really recommend rucking a ton. Because you can get, you know, you can run and weightlift and get kind of the same thing out of what would rucking would get you. 
with a lot less stress on your body. So the key really is to reduce unnecessary stress on your body. So we would recommend rucking only really to make sure you're kind of like testing where you're at for rucking and making sure you kind of know what it's going to feel like if you do have a ruck and, you know, in your you're in boots and things like that. So we recommend rucking only really to test yourself maybe maybe once every two weeks, uh, twice a month. Like that's really the maximum you should be doing because you're going to get the same uh, – you're going to see the same results if you're running and, you know, working out your legs, you know, deadlifting and squats and things like that. So you're able to to really hit those goals in the gym with less wear and tear on your body. Uh, mileage per week, though, it really depends on what you've been running going up to that. But like I just said, so you're going to probably want to be doing some interval training as well as some long distance runs. But I wouldn't recommend you don't really need to to pull back. Um it's not like when I know if you're, you know, training up for a marathon, you kind of you start to reduce your mileage and things like that. You don't really need to reduce your mileage going into basic training. It's not going to be if you're asking me how many miles you should be running and rucking, you're not going to have a problem. You don't need to to tone it down to go into basic training. So continue to do what you're doing. Um, if you're asking me how many miles per week i think you should be running in general uh it really just depends on what your goals are if you're trying to get into ras we do have the comprehensive running program but it depends on where you're at now um so sometimes it's hard for me to tell uh, exactly you know where your level of fitness is according to running because if you run too much when you're not prepared for it you can really hurt yourself uh, Matthew Dunn says, I'm technical. I like engineering, problem solving. I also like all forms of weapons. I'm a gun nut and I play airsoft. So what MOS comes to mind for someone like you? Um, I, it's funny. I really want to say 13 Fox because uh, like problem solving and thinking outside the box is really an important part of being a 13 Fox. It does require technical skills, especially working with radios and all the equipment. Uh, you get to see and call in a whole bunch of weapons systems and things like that from aircraft and uh, fixed wing rotary and indirect fires like artillery and mortars and you do still carry you know your weapon your rifle um with attachments and stuff to also help you do your job um so yeah i, I definitely recommend 13 fox but um depending on if engineering problem solving is more math based if it's not math based and more you know just kind of based in life your 68 whiskey is not bad either but I really think that you would be doing yourself a disservice if that's something that you like to see um, going just 11 Bravo. I think you may, um, you may want, especially when you're younger as a private, you might want that extra level of uh, technical responsibility that you get from being a 13 Fox or even an RTO. So a 25 series or a 13 uh, Fox would be my main recommendations if you wanted to be uh, you know, boots on the ground. A bunch of them if you didn't mind sitting more at a desk. Uh, all right, so we got someone rolling in on Instagram. I want to make sure I'm not uh, missing anybody. Osvaldo Dominguez, sub bra. What's going on? How you doing? Shelton says, would using a 40-pound weighted vest for training for rucking be sufficient or not? Uh, Shelton, it's, I mean, there is still going to be wear and tear, even though the vest is a little bit easier on it because it is a little bit more... Um, Man, I'm like having a really hard time finding my words today. It's uh, spread out more. Um, it's not just kind of all the way on the one place on your back. But even still, I mean, that's just unnecessary wear and tear. Like you should not be doing 40 pound weighted ruck slash runs, um, you know, once or twice a week. That's just it's too much wear and tear on your body, especially because you're going to have a bunch of wear and tear on your body when you get in. So there's no reason to add to it unnecessarily beforehand. Um, but if you, if you want to try that instead of rucking, that's fine. Uh, it is a little bit different and I would say it's, it's definitely easier than a normal ruck march would be though. So I wouldn't take those times and act like that's what you're going to do with an actual ruck on your back. Uh, sale says update. My medical waiver just got approved. I have a MEP swearing date next week. That's awesome. Sale. That's sweet. Uh, I'm glad your medical waiver got approved. I know they can be annoying. Usually, it's, it, usually if, you can, if it, there's a chance for it to get waived, you can do it. It just kind of sometimes takes a while, and I know it can be a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, Nick says, oh, that's to Jonesy. Um, oh, man, I lost it. What happened? 
Oh no. Scroll down too far. Nolan Frazier says, how often do you do the FTXs like you see on YouTube and Regiment? Are they pretty fun? How are they compared to regular infantry units? Um, Nolan, during a training cycle, I said, um, like right off the bat, they're killing me. In the training cycle, you are going to do FTXs and stuff like you see on YouTube all of the time, every week, every day. Uh, training cycle is very, very, very high tempo. Um, they can be fun, but they can be tough. So it, it really depends on where you fall. So as a, as a new private, they are, they're going to be tough is really my main thing there. It's going to be tough. Cause you're going to be doing a lot of new stuff. You don't know or understand. You're going to be, you know, jumping out of airplanes in the middle of the night, trying to link up with, with people in the dark. Um, it, it, it's tough. It's definitely tough as a private. They are also a ton of fun. I mean, like getting to do all that stuff and getting to see some of the cool, you know, air assets and, um, you know, when they, you go and assault these cool buildings, you get the ladders up. It, it's really, really is a blast. Um, and it definitely is like one of those things like, oh, you know, you definitely join the army to do some of this cool stuff that we're doing. It's just training. So you do them during the training cycle so much to the point where you're going to be like, can we, can we take a break? Can we stop doing these for, for a little bit? Um, no, you're going to do them all the time. And yeah, they're, they're all pretty fun. Um, but it, they're definitely more difficult as a as a private when when you first get there, you just you're just you're it's like someone opened a fire hose in your mouth of information and is just shooting it into your brain. It's just so much to happen all around you at once. So, uh, but for instance, I just got the warrior program. Does it say when to do a certain percentage of your max? So, uh, but for in the warrior program at the beginning, there is a table where it'll show you where. Depending on how many reps you're supposed to do, it'll it'll give you a um a range like where your percentages should be for that amount of reps. I cannot remember the page number off the top of my head. Um, let's see here. Uh, Morgan, uh, Morgan says, Matthew, don't put the burden of potentially hitting your MOS on someone else. You have to do research, look into something you really love. Uh, maybe talk to your recruiter for some advice, but just some research will get you a long way. That's true. Also, um, Matthew, we do have uh, we do have a Ranger Medic and a 13 Fox podcast on our YouTube channel. Um, that'll give you a little bit of information um, and insight into into those MOSs as well. Um, but also at the same time, Matthew, you know, we are a good person to ask for advice, you know, as well as recruiters and things like that. So, um Oh uh, yeah, I I'm not telling you to do that. Like, don't take that to the bank. Like I said, you know, Jay said I should do this, so I'm gonna do that. But yeah, that's a good. Uh, you know, we're we're a good asset, and we do have some people on podcasts that did a couple different jobs. There's definitely eleven Bravos in here, uh, medics and stuff like that. We're working on getting some other ones as well to get that information out, so you can get more information about each MOS, um, or at least a a rough estimate of like a a. 25 series and a 13 series and things like that. Sal, that's awesome. 11 X with option 40. Um, as long as I have them. Uh, Bubba Skinner says, have you ever seen guys with cancer history obtain option 40 Ranger contracts? Bubba Skinner, I cannot say that I have. Um, but anything can be waived. Honestly, anything can be waived, uh, if they deem it like acceptable at that time. So you definitely can check and see. Um, I don't have any personal knowledge of it. That's a little bit outside my scope and I don't have, I don't have any, you know, actual anecdotal evidence of it. I haven't seen it happen. Um, but I also haven't ever heard of someone getting denied. Just, it's just never come up in my life. So, um, I would definitely go and check with, and see uh i would talk to a recruiter and honestly i would talk to a couple recruiters and, and really the waving like process is a meps thing not so much a recruiter thing because they don't really have that say so you definitely can check like i said anything is waivable it really is um where are we at <clears throat> Uh, 600 says, you think I'm too old to join the army at 26 years old? Uh, no, not at all. We have guys going through RASP and stuff like at 30 plus. 26 years old is, is not too old. Um, so realistically, 
600, it, it, it also depends. Um, I mean, even if you join the army as an officer, you're already 22. Like you can join at 26. And I've said it a couple of times, you'll be treated a little bit differently with like real life stuff. Um, Cause they have to, you know, help some of the younger guys that are like 17, 18 years old when they join, they don't have a lot of life experience. It'll actually help you out a lot to be a little bit older. Uh, Matthew Dunn says, will recruiters try and pull a fast one on me or what with MOS reshirts? It depends. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think that recruiters, as much as we joke and people joke about them lying and doing all these things, there are going to be bad recruiters that are shady people. There are going to be bad 13 foxes who are shady people because there's just there are shady people. 90% of the time, at least 90%, when a recruiter tells you the wrong thing, it's not out of like any kind of like usually bad intent. Like they're not outwardly trying to screw you over on purpose i think it's 90 percent of the time they just don't actually know or they think they know when they really don't so they're really not usually trying to go out of their way to screw you over they're trying to hit their numbers which is their job in the army but i really don't think they're really trying to be out to get you but i will say they're not always going to be you know they're not your best advocates so you need to advocate for yourself all the time so matthew you need to get as much information as you can before you go in and talk to these recruiters uh, ideally and if you think that they're telling you something that you don't agree with or there's been conflicting advice you've gotten from us or anybody else that you've talked to then go to a different recruiter because if you don't advocate for yourself no one else will and that's going to be true throughout the entirety of your life and so always try to make sure that you advocate for yourself all the time because there's only so much advocating you can do for yourself once you sign on the dotted line. So make sure you do as much of it as you can beforehand. And ideally, like Daniel says, always try to get it in writing. Um, Raphael CT says, question is, infantry school hard? I was wondering because I'm 11X. So basic training and OSIT, uh, which is what you'll do as a 11 series. Uh, it can be difficult. You, I mean, you are learning a bunch of new information. You're working with a bunch of people you don't know. You're getting yelled at. You're, you know, away from home sometimes for the first time. There are a lot of things that make OSIN and basic training hard. It's not going to be hard in the sense that, like, you won't be able to do it most likely. Like, most people pass basic training. Um, it gets harder as you go through. So, like, basic is easier than AIT for some people. OSIT is a little bit harder than basic in general because it is AIT and basic master into one. Um, and then, you know, everyone's school is going to be harder than that. RASC is going to be harder than that. Regiment's going to be harder than that. So it kind of gets a little bit more difficult as you go. But it is there to, to uh, ramp you up to be into the military. So realistically, when you are going through OSIT, they're not trying to make you quit. They're not trying to make you fail. What they're actually trying to do is build you up and make you a soldier. So it's not hard in the sense that it's going to be impossible or you're going to want to quit or anything like that. But there are things that make it difficult. Um, it's not that's not easy. It's not going to be one of the easiest things you ever do in your life. Um, but it's definitely not going to be the hardest either. So as long as you pay attention, uh, you know, really focused on what you're doing and why you're there, you shouldn't have too much of an issue. All right. Uh, Brian, um, I'm going to go with Brian Ur Urban. Urban, urban chick or urban urban chick urban I, I anyways uh not overweight or out of shape but been throwing my back out a lot and it's becoming a chronic problem that makes me walk on eggshells constantly what would you recommend to remedy it um brian when you say throwing your back out a lot have you seen i mean this is gonna sound dumb have you seen a doctor you know what like what's happening are you like pulling a muscle um like you slip in a you have like a slip disc in there somewhere uh because that definitely depends. So, like, if it's a muscle thing, because I, I also have a bad back at 30, um, I have been, like, on this big thing now. So, like, I do, one, stretching is super important. So, like, warm-up and cool-down stretching is huge, especially if you're getting a little bit older. Honestly, I recommend you do it as young as you can. I know it doesn't seem like you have to when you're young, but if you get into that habit now, it's going to help you tremendously in the long run. Like stretching is going to be huge. It's going to help warm up your muscles, so you're not going to pull or yank anything. Um, you're going to get your muscles warmed up and prepared to to lift and run and or do whatever physical yard work even. Like stretching is is crazy helpful uh, to avoid injuries. On top of that, 
I've been doing a ton of Epsom salt baths. I have a little bit of an SI joint issue. Gets a little bit inflamed. Um, some of my muscles in my lower back and my uh, like middle back, I get a little bit sore. So Epsom salt baths are great. They really help with recovery. If you're working out too, BCAAs, the blockchain amino acids, those are also going to aid in a little bit of recovery. Um, if it's going as far, Brian, it's like a slip disc or something like that. It's a little bit harder for you to just kind of like stretch out. So I would, if it's more than like you pulling a muscle, um, you might want to see, see a doctor, um, would be yeah my recommendation but if it's muscular um those things are really going to help you uh not slip your like pull a muscle or anything like that uh let's see what we got here oh no keeps going all the way to the bottom when i scroll i don't like that Uh, yeah, more than that. Yeah, that's pretty much what I said as well. But you probably said it first since I'm reading slow. Um, YouTube account says, have you met any mechanics in regiment? Yeah, uh, mechanics. I, I pretty much met most of the MOSs. Um, yeah, yeah, I've met mechanics. You know, parachute riggers, mechanics, medics, comic dudes, uh, S1 guys. Yeah, the whole everything. Uh, you forgot last stream I asked what the other 12 series MOSs were and it checks it's 12 Romeo, 12 Yankee, 12 Whiskey. I don't I don't know Romeo or Whiskey off the top of my head. Yankee though I think is uh geospatial engineer. <clears throat> uh Nick says, How often do you recommend running a week? I'm doing two days on, two days off. Uh so that's pretty good. Um I it also depends on what you're doing lifting wise as well. So two days on, two days off is, is great. I mean, you're running, you know, four days a week, essentially four out of eight days. Realistically, it depends on what you're doing. Uh, you know, if you're lifting and things like that as well. So keep that in mind. You just don't want to overdo it. Uh, you know, for example, we do have runs built into most of our programs. Um, and a lot of times I tell people, if you want to put the comprehensive running program in, you don't have to follow the running program exactly, but you can put the running from the comprehensive running program in on the run days just so you're not overdoing it. So if you're doing the two full programs at once, it can get a little bit tough, especially if you're just first starting out. But yeah, four days, essentially four days a week, three or four days a week is pretty good. Um, as long as you're mixing it in, as long as you're doing proper recovery, uh, hydration and things like that. And it depends though. Like obviously if you run one day, you run 26 miles, like probably, you know, take it a little bit easy. You don't want to be doing that every day. Uh, as long as you're from doing everything you need to do to recover and stretch and things like that. Um, four days a week is, is fine. And would be good, especially if you're working on trying to get those run times lowered four days a week is great. But like I said, mix in long runs and interval training as well. Uh, Matthew Maldonado says, did you deal with shin splints and rasp? Luckily I did not deal with shin splints and rasp. Um, I played a ton of sports in high school. So I wrestled, I did football. Uh, I was always outside with my friends, even when I was, you know, into my senior year. Like I, I did a lot of stuff outside, like running on grass and concrete and things like that. So I didn't really have too much of an issue with that. I was pretty used to the, the impact of it. Um, which I think really helped me, especially with, you know, running a little bit less and basic and then a little bit more in AIT and then more in everyone's school and then more in RASP. I kind of ramped up fine. Um, I didn't have too many issues with chin splints at all. Uh, I know they are huge for people and I know it's sometimes it's a luck thing. Uh, so I didn't, but I know a ton of guys who did. Um, and we have a, we have a article on our website and also a video on our YouTube where Daniel talks about shin splints, um, what to do, how to avoid them, what to do when you have them. So I would definitely check those out if you're something that you're worried about or it's something that you've run into already while training to go or something that you've run into now if you're already in. Uh, Sal says, is range regiment still deploying? Was just wondering. I know nothing's really going on right now besides the Ukraine incident. Would I just be training for the next war? So, yeah, I, I mean, we avoid talking about uh, actual real life things like that so i'm not gonna like sit here and be like yeah they're deploying to here 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 and here or they're not deploying at all don't even worry about it you guys can do whatever you want around the whole world uh so yeah realistically though that is ideally what you're doing all the time whether you're deploying or not is training up for the next fight 
every time. So even if you're deploying, you know, once a year, like you'd still be training up for the next fight when you're not deployed. Um, so that is going to be your life always, whether you're you're constantly deploying or not. But like we said, they do do a good job of making sure to give you recovery time and off time and things like that. It is definitely like a work hard, play hard kind of place. So just keep that in mind. So even if you're not, um, we've also said that, you know, if something does happen, obviously Ranger's going to be like some of the first people there. So, uh, yeah, just keep that in mind. But I, we try to avoid any kind of actual like operational information when we can. Uh, Matthew Dunn says, best high school sports to play next year, I will be a junior slash 11th grade. I'm thinking cross country, swimming, track. Those are like all of my least favorite sports, Matthew, but that's just my personal opinion. I'm not a huge uh, runner or a swimmer. Uh, I did football and wrestling uh, were my, my main sports. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of like the contact sports uh, in terms of like football and wrestling and things like that. But that's just me. Do you like cross country swimming and track? You go for it. Uh, Morgan says, "Facts: the podcast with Corey is very informative. I'm a 68 whiskey option 40 myself. Awesome. Yeah, honestly, the um, that one with Corey is is great. I mean, that's probably one of the best podcasts. You guys, a ton of people have watched it. Um, you know, I I like the 13 Fox one personally because uh, I was in it, but." <laughs> Um, yeah, we are trying to get as much, uh, MOS information out as we can. Um, it gets a little bit difficult cause I know you guys want to hear what it's like in regiment and you know, so sometimes it's hard to get guys to talk about that or make sure we find a guy in regiment that we know well enough to get on the podcast. Um, but I think I'm going to start trying to grab some of the guys from the conventional army as well to just kind of talk about the MOS at least in general to give you guys a better idea of it. Uh, star city says any tips on losing body fat? I ship out to boot camp in June. So Star City, um, for losing body fat, obviously you want to hold on. I have to spray my cat with water. Um, sorry. So <clears throat> losing body fat. Essentially, the best way to lose body fat uh is going to be to essentially take in less calories than you're going to burn throughout the day. So we have a really good um, calculator on our website. If you go to the nutrition tab on our website, you can actually put in your height and weight. It'll tell you how many calories you need to ingest to you know, keep your weight and maintain a healthy weight, things like that. It'll break it down for you because obviously everyone is a little bit different. We have some nutrition programs on our website as well, but ideally what you're going to be wanting to do is take in less calories than you're burning. So less energy is coming in, more energy going out. That's going to be... You know, at the base of it, that is going to be the best way for you to lose weight. But just because of that, just keep in mind that, you know, if those all those calories are like garbage, that's, you know, still not the best way to lose weight. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to take in less calories, burn more calories. But the energy that you're taking in, the calories that you're taking in, ideally are going to be healthy. So fresh greens and vegetables and, you know, leaner protein, leaner meats and things like that. Uh that is going to be the best way for you to lose body fat. So, um, and honestly, one of my best tips towards that is meal prepping. It's going to make your life a whole lot easier. That's what I do. I meal prep burritos. Um, I get uh, like 93% lean turkey, uh, low sodium taco seasoning, put some like low fat uh, cheddar cheese, some sriracha, some brown rice into a burrito and I freeze them. And that, that's my lunch. I never, ever have to think about lunch. I wake up, I take my pre-workout, I go to the gym, I drink my BCAs when I get back, I eat my burrito, and I work. So, like, I don't ever have to worry about the food. I know that those burritos that I'm eating are 555 calories. I know the actual macro breakdown of them every single time. I weigh them out when I make them. And it helps me keep my caloric intake. Um, it's easier to manage when I know what I'm going to eat and don't have to go out of my way to make food. Because I know I'm going to fall into the trap, and some of you guys might too, where you're like, oh, I can just order food, or I can just eat this garbage food. It's easier to make. It's faster. I don't have time. So, yeah. Sorry, that was a little bit of a rant. <clears throat> All right. Dazny uh, says, any insights as to the day-to-day -day of a 74 Delta in Regiment? 74 Delta, that's uh, that's Seaburn, right? I feel like I talk about Seaburn all the time. This Seaburn, I was right. 
Man, it gets so many numbers and letters combined. Uh, it gets gets me sometimes. Um, day to day of seventy four Delta and Regiment. So the day to day of seventy four Delta and Regiment. Um, Alright, so if anybody has a seventy four Delta in here, um, I, I obviously I'm not a seventy four Delta. I only knew one seventy four Delta that was in my company, and he essentially worked with the supply, our supply guy, and just worked in supply. Um, I he did other training. He always ran our Seaburn training in the company and things like that. But for the most part, there's only so much a seventy four Delta can do to train like on a day-to-day basis for your MOS. So a lot of times you can get tasked out to other jobs, uh, especially because we were not running into for the last while, you know, chemical attacks were not the norm. Uh, I don't know how much it's changed with, with the way the world has changed and what's going on around the world. So I will tell you the only thing that I know is that my 74 Delta worked in the supply cage. John Augustniak, man, you guys, these names are tough today. I'm struggling. I'm I'm really bad with names, so I'm sorry if I butcher your guys' names. Uh, I played sports all of high school and ran through the motions of weightlifting classes all four years. I never had trouble until these past few months, 19-year-old freshman in college with back and knee pain. I just got told, oh, wait, no, hold on, sorry, skipped one. <clears throat> Is that a fair indicator that I'm probably not the best spot for body longevity and whatnot? I'm worried about developing chronic pain and injuries. So... John, if you are running into issues with back and knee pain while weightlifting, there's a good chance it means that your form is bad or you're doing too much weight, which is making your form bad. So the steps that I would take, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are – in a bad spot, and that's not necessarily an indicator of the lack of body longevity that you're going to have a tough time. I mean, Tom Brady is still playing football. He's like 45 years old. Um, so stretching, we I talked about it actually earlier in the uh, in the live. Stretching before and after is going to be huge. Um, proper nutrition is also going to be huge. Those things, those things alone, are going to help you recover, help your body recover a little bit more. Uh, you also need to make sure that your form is good. So you need to be doing less weight with proper form always because that is not only going to help you in the gym because it's going to be isolating and working out the specific muscles that you're supposed to be working out, but it's also going to help you avoid injury. So yeah, I can go and curl a ton of weight, but my form is bad and I'm using my back and my shoulders and not just my biceps. So like, oh, it looks cool. Like, oh, look how much weight I just, you know, curled. But really, if I grab a lot less weight and go with proper form, I'm going to be isolating the actual muscles that I'm trying to work out and not using other muscles and, you know, throwing off my form and everything like that putting extra stress and strain on my shoulders. So really what you need to do is focus on your form and your nutrition because that's going to go the longest way possible for body longevity along with stretching, doing proper recovery, taking proper rest days. Uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to always have those chronic pain and injuries. Um, and re- what you need to do is you need to find out why it's happening. And then adjust from there. <clears throat> and also, if you have access to, um, you can talk to a physical therapist. They can help teach you stretches and things that will hit the specific areas that you're having trouble with. Uh, so we definitely recommend that as well. So feel free to you know check with a doctor, maybe get with a physical therapist and see um, what's going on. Also, just make sure that your form is good. Watch some form videos. We do have some form videos on every exercise we have in our programs. You can watch those. You can film yourself. Check your form against those. Uh, sometimes it feels like you're doing the right thing. You're not. I still, I like, especially when I'm lifting heavy or haven't done an exercise in a while, I will film myself, uh, just to look and make sure that my form is good. So those are all things to help, uh, with all of that. Uh, Sal asks, what would be the best tips to be successful during RASP? So Sal, the best tip to be successful during RASP is to... If I had to pick one thing, I got one tip. That's a tough one. If I had to pick one tip to be the best tip to be successful during don't quit, I guess would be the the number one. No, um, 
the best tip to be successful during RASP? Well, the best tip I can give you beforehand is to prepare mentally and physically. Uh, that is going to make your time in RASP a whole lot easier. So that's like my before tip. My during tip is going to be don't – oh, man, just be mentally strong. I mean, it's going to be tough. Like they, some days are just going to suck. They're just going to be difficult. Um, so find people around you that are going to help you stay positive, uh, not put you in a bad headspace. I know I saw some guys that just like couldn't get out of their own way, uh, couldn't pull themselves out. They'll be a real downer. So if that's not you know helping you, then you know find people that are going to help you stay positive and, and push through things. I'm a complainer though. It's like, I like to complain. It helps me get through stuff. Like if I can complain about it while I'm doing it, it makes it easier for me. I don't know. That's just how I am. Um, so just find people that are going to make your life a little bit easier. That was, I, I talked about that in my, the pipeline podcast we did before I joined TLR, um, finding people to help lift you up and help you stay mentally strong and physically strong. They're going to make you go to the gym. They're going to make you focus. They're going to make you not quit. Keep pushing you. Those are going to be the best way to help you succeed. Like find those people and surround yourself with strong good soldiers and rangers like that is going to be your best bet that's the honestly the best tip i can give you throughout your entire army career surround yourself with with good people when you can um oh joel press says i just got told because i'm allergic to zyrtec i have to get a waiver and you're not eligible for an option 40 what so I told because I'm allergic to Zyrtec. I have to get a waiver, and you're not. Like, I have never heard of that before, Joel. Um, that's absurd because you're allergic to an allergy medicine, which is already sort of weird, honestly. Um, that you need to get a waiver, and you're not eligible for an option forty. Um, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Did who told you that? Did they tell you that at Maps, Joel? Um, I want to make sure a recruiter didn't tell you that. Uh, Nolan Frazier says, have you ever met any Rangers that were childishly obsessed with video games? Just getting back from a hard day of life in the 75th and getting on. Uh, me? I met myself. You can actually, my PlayStation controller's right there. You can actually see it uh, in the background. Um, yes. Uh, me and Daniel actually play video games all the time together. Um, a bunch of guys play video games. Honestly, one of my buddies was so obsessed with video games, we used to have to drag him away from his computer uh, to make him go out with us sometimes. Yeah, no, I've, I've mentioned this a couple times. There are um, there's a ton of people that are just like getting on Call of Duty after a long day at work. Um, I brought my Xbox with me when I went to Afghanistan. Um, we used to have, we had Call of Duty and we had Fight Night. So we would do... Uh, Call of Duty, and then we all made ourselves in Fight Night. We'd have Fight Night nights um, every once in a while. We'd all, you know, use our created person. We created ourselves, and we would do tournaments and stuff. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, people, do, a ton of people play video games in Regiment. We also have, um, I said, like some people play tabletop games like Warhammer or like Dungeons and Dragons. You know, all those ones. Um, card games like uh, uh, Magic or. I don't. I can't think of any other ones. Um, uh, yeah, all kinds of video games too. Like you'll see guys playing Call of Duty, Madden. Um, then you got guys playing like League of Legends and you know all those other games and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, a ton, a ton of guys do it. Um, I actually, I, I haven't so much lately, but we used to play Madden with my buddy from Seventy Fifth and his brother. They, we, we have like Madden connected franchises that we play still to this day. Um, uh, Colton says, what supplement brands do you use? Enjoy. So I have actually just started getting back into supplements. I pretty much got off of them, uh, for a while. And for the most part, I really only use a pretty like weak pre-workout and BCAAs. And the pre-workout I have right now is just optimal nutrition or optimum nutrition, like their gold standard pre-workout. Cause it's not one of those ones that makes me want to rip my face off. Uh, I just need like a little bit of a boost to get me uh, through my workout sometimes. Just like that little bit of caffeine, that little bit of beta, beta alanine and niacin. Just give me like a, a tiny push. Um, but we we try to steer a little bit of away from supplements. Like ideally you're going to be trying to get all of your nutritional needs met through the food you eat. So like I don't do protein powder or anything like that. I just use BCAAs for a little bit of recovery. 
like instead of drinking a Gatorade, I drink BCAAs and I take a little bit of pre-workout and I just started using pre-workout again, like today. Um, and I cannot remember what brand I got for BCAAs, but that doesn't really matter what kind of brand you get. You can, because they're all pretty much the same. Um, just keep in mind. So when you're looking at, at supplements, it doesn't always need to be brand name either. Like in terms of like not every type of pre-workout or whatever, uh, supplements from one brand are always good. Just make sure you're looking at the labels, doing a little bit of research. We do have a supplement video on our YouTube. Um, just keep in mind, like some stuff is just not going to be good to put in your body. You really just want to be trying to do, put in the cleanest supplements you can into your body. Um, Colin Leary says, how is regiment harder than rasp? Should I even be asking this? Should I just focus on rasp? Uh, ideally, Colin, yeah. I mean, focusing on rasp right now, especially if you're going towards rasp, um, but he said, I assume every unit is harder than selection because you're literally going to war. Yeah. So one, the one thing about regiment though, is like, just because you pass rasp, you still have to get to regiment. Regiment is like selection every single day. And we've mentioned this a couple of times. So you have to go in, you have to learn a ton of new stuff. You have to prove yourself physically and mentally just all day, every day, every time you wake up and go to work, you need to be proving yourself all the time. So I've mentioned this in the podcast I did about showing up to regiment. I literally walked in. They gave me a binder that was like this thick. And they said, that's the day one binder. That's all the information you need to know for your first day. It was so much information about all things fires and 13 Fox related and physically impossible for me to learn all overnight. So I went in and I got us questions I didn't know the answer to. And I did push-ups and I did V-ups and I did all this stuff. And I came in the next day and I knew a little bit more. So I got one more question right or two more questions right. And I did, you know, one or two less sets of push-ups. And the next day I came in and I, I knew one or two more answers. So that's every day. Like every day you are trying to get a little bit better. You are trying to be a little bit better at your job, at physical fitness, at all of it. Uh, it is, it's not easy. It's not an easy place. Uh, the op tempo is high. You will be doing a ton of training, a ton of learning, um, a ton of everything. So, it, you know, it's, it's a little bit different than rasp. Um, you know, there's varying degrees of difficulties for specific things for the most part being in regimen is, is harder. Yeah. And it's also, um, more real. Like things are, everything is a little bit more important because so, some of it is going to be real. So think about that too. Um, oh man, we only got seven minutes left. Fly flying by. Um, Connor Boyd says, I keep hearing that life in regiment is extremely physical. What's the average day like in terms of PT? PT is gonna be based off of your team leader, more of your like section chief or your squad leader, depending on at what level you guys are doing PT. Uh, so my I ran a lot. A lot. Like too much. I still think too much. Um, a ton just ran all the time, every PT, every morning. Cause my team leader knew that I was going to go to the gym. So he knew that I wasn't going to run. So what he did was he ran me. He also liked to run. I know he, I, I, but he did know that I was going to go to the gym. So he ran me a lot and he was a better runner than me. So he would run me until I couldn't run anymore, essentially in the mornings for PT. Uh, and it's a, it's really physical for PT, but also keep in mind that it's physical for the training as well. So you're going to be doing all that stuff for PT. You're going to be coming to back. You're going to shower. You're going to eat. You're going to put your gear on, and you're going to go out to the field. You're going to be rucking and doing all the stuff in your kit. So it's it's tough. It definitely is tough. Like you need to be in really really good shape, and you need to be in like endurance and strength shape. Like there's a lot of stuff going on every single day. So like I would we would wake up and we'd be doing you know eight ish mile runs um, pretty often in the morning. For PT, I did not like it. Uh, YouTube account says, "How do they choose striker drivers in regiment?" They usually it's a a lower enlisted infantry guy is the driver, and then they'll keep you for a little while because you'll have the license. But they do uh, license things pretty often. But you lower enlisted infantry guy usually. Um, all right, we are running out of time here. Let's see if I can rapid fire some of these. Um, oh man, I lost it. 
Oh man. Um. All right. So our drone pilots mechanics put in the intelligence battalion or in regular battalions and regiment. Um. It sort of depends. Um. I tried to avoid too much of the organizational, but they'll usually be intel and then attach as needed. Similar with a lot of MOSs that like do other things. You'll be like with infantrymen, but not at the same time. Uh, Nick says, did you, before joining the army, did you ponder a different branch? Um, yes, I did. So I actually thought about joining the Marines, but they have a weird way that they don't like confirm your MOS when you sign up. It kind of just is up in the air still. Uh, so it really steered me away. I didn't want to sign the paper and not really know what I was doing. Uh, and that's what steered me towards the army. Um, my mom wanted me to join the air force. So I was a stubborn teenager. So I said, no. I wouldn't join the Air Force, and I don't like boats or open water. So no Navy. And so that's how I got to the Army. Uh, well, I have a dog, too. I got two cats and a dog. <clears throat> I'm a cat. I'm a cat man. Um. <laughs> Shane Kelly says, can max everything besides push-ups? Tall guy problems. Any tips? Stuck at 60 with an option 40. Yeah, I'm the same way. So like I said, I'm not super tall. I'm like six foot, but I'm like just like lean and lanky and longer. Push-ups were always like my Achilles heel. Um, Yeah, I mean, so obviously doing more push-ups is going to help. So when you're doing your push-ups, I actually mentioned this earlier in the, in the live. Um, What you need to do is find out where your failure point is. And you need to stop doing push-ups like five before that. And then break it up in increments where you're not going to hit failure on those increments and continue to shrink them as you go. I literally had my push-ups timed out by number and increment to get max without like hitting failure in like the right amount of time. So I literally had to like math my way to max push-ups, like trying to force my body not to hit failure on my push-ups. Obviously, doing more push-ups is going to help. So the more push-ups you do, um, you know, hitting chest and, you know, tries and arms and shoulders and stuff in the gym is going to help you add a little bit of strength um, to your chest and then supplementary muscles as well. Uh, mixed with doing push-ups is going to help you out a ton. And you're also probably going to be doing a lot of push-ups, like, throughout your time once you join the Army um, as well. You know, make sure you're, even when you join in basic, you're probably going to be doing push-ups during the day. Make sure you hit them at night. Um yeah, focusing on hitting those muscles in the gym. Um, focus on learning where your body is and how you do push-ups and how you are going to do them on a two-minute drill is important. Uh, and making sure that you're using proper like resting while you're doing push-ups and make sure that you are shifting your arms and your grips and everything to be hitting just slightly different uh, parts of your muscle to help you get past that plateau. <clears throat> Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. We got this. It's going to kick us off. Uh, Sal says, thank you for answering questions, bro. These Q&As helped me a ton. Sal, we uh, love to hear it. I'm glad I was able to keep keep doing these uh, on both sides for you guys uh, while Daniel's gone. Um, but the Instagram is going to kick me off, so so that's going to be it. it um, sorry, guys. I, I Yeah, that went quick. Um, so, yeah, like I said, uh, Daniel should be back here in, in uh, you know, a couple weeks. Uh, we do have some some content that we're we're trying to do. Uh, like we're trying to organize some some land nav information and things like that to help you guys out. A couple of podcasts that we're trying to line up as well. Uh, just trying to get logistics down. Um, but glad everybody showed up. We appreciate it, guys. I will make sure to screenshot all the uh, the chat and stuff from from all of this to make sure that if we you know ever run out questions or anything like that, um, that I'll have them. Uh, keep in mind we do do the. Uh, you know, if you do super chats or whatever in the YouTube that they'll get looked at first. Um, cause I know I definitely missed some of them down in the YouTube and, uh, yeah, make sure you check us out at trend, like a ranger.com. Check us out on the YouTube. If you guys are on the YouTube, you know, shoot us a like subscribe. If you guys are just watching helps us out a ton, helps us bring out more content. Uh, trend, like ranger.com. We have fitness programs, nutrition programs, merch, nutrition information, shin splint articles, uh, the whole nine yards. So please go check us out there as well. Um, I appreciate everybody showing up. You guys are awesome. I'm glad I can answer some of these questions. I will make sure to screenshot them. I will try to, uh, you know, we'll try to get to them. Uh, maybe if we don't get to them, if I see a lot of people asking the same questions in the screenshots, we make videos and things like that. But guys, I hope you have a, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon.